Jesus. And I take it back. I, do, I have heard that song and I know the rhythm and the, the song, but I don't know it in English. <laughs> I can't, can't really sing it in Navajo, but I've, I've heard it and, and been around it. Amen. Let's see. Yes. 549 in the big red book. Let's try it. Let's see. 549. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just love you this morning. We praise your holy name, God. Lord, we thank you for what what you're doing, Lord. Even when we can't see it, we don't know everything that you're doing, Lord. You are moving. You are doing things. They're bringing glory. They're going to bring glory to your name, Lord. It's nice that you're working things to, to our good, Lord God, but all those things work to the glory of God. Song of saints on 
and catch a gleam of glory bright. But still I pray till heaven I found. Lord, lead me on to higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land. A higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. As the deer panted, all right, this is from Psalm 42.1, as the deer pants for water, so my soul pants for you, or so my soul longs after thee. As the deer panted for the water, so my soul longed after thee. prayer requests this morning? Any praise reports? Anything worthy of praise? Anything good? Honorable? A good report? Amen? Amen. Glory to God. We thank God for, for just, you know, all the things that he's doing. I believe God touched uh, one of the sisters that, uh, that the, um, the Lord gave me a word for earlier this week and, and um, just 
from the day that I saw her to the last day that I saw her, she was looking better and moving better and, you know, color back in her face. And I just praise God, you know, God, God can lift us back up from the very depths of, you know, the, the, the doctors can make an a, 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 a announcement, you know, they can make a, a determination of what they think. How do they say it? They, uh, a, a prognosis or a diagnosis, but God holds the keys. God holds, he has the final say. Jeremiah 29 11 says, he tells us that he has the expected and he has the plan. The plan is his, amen? And so it's not over until he says it's over. And when God says it's over for us as believers and followers of Jesus Christ, born again, blood washed, Holy Ghost filled believers, then it is just the beginning of all eternity with him, amen? So we don't, we don't bow down. And that's why I told my mother-in-law years ago that I won't bow my knee to the doctors and to the pharmaceuticals and to the, the, the things of this world. That's worldly knowledge. So I bow my knee to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, to the great physician. Amen. He is the one. He is the one that healeth. I am the one that healeth thee. Amen, he says. Praise God. Any, anyone else testimony? Amen. 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 Seeing good things happen. Amen. Yeah. You know, a lot, a lot really is happening. We see, you know, Amen. when we look at things in the natural, yes. but we have spiritual eyes mm-hmm. and we, God gives us eyes to see. And so we see things that are unseen to the rest of the world as, as, as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ. I don't know if I keep saying believers, but we're more than believers. Amen. We're converted. Like Peter was a believer, but then after, the, after Jesus was resurrected, that's when Peter became a converted and he began to follow Christ with his whole heart. Amen. So there's a difference between being a believer and being converted. But what he says was that... And when we, when we, he gives us eyes to see, opens our eyes and he opens our spiritual understanding. And so that we understand that the things in the spiritual are manifest in the physical. Lots of times you see things in the physical, it's a manifestation of something happening in the spiritual. Amen. And so I praise God for all the, the, the things that I see that are coming to pass that have been maybe prophesied years ago or in even, you know, recent words that are coming to pass so quickly already. And then the things that are coming to pass that, that took years to, to get there, but then they're happening so quickly. I just praise God for what he's doing. Amen. God is in control. He is the Lord of lords and King of kings. And the enemy does not have the victory. Amen. Yes. We have the victory. And he gives us victory over our enemies. Did you know you have enemies? Amen. He gives us victory over them. Praise God. Any prayer requests this morning? Brother Benny and his family, all the family. He does his sign language to me. Another, um, something to be happy about. Um, my husband went to visit his relatives, and he was, uh, I told him, go, go visit your family. And he had a good time getting together with his siblings and nephews and niece and, yeah. They ate and had a good time. Amen. And she had, he had his big sister there, and 
his sons were there, and yeah, it sounds like they had a good time. That's awesome. Yeah, praise God. For Amen. That. Amen. It's wonderful. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I believe we had, um, I think they said seven or eight young people and, and others that came to the altar on and uh, re recommitted their life to the Lord mm -hmm. and some maybe just getting saved for the first time. So we praise God for that mm -hmm. and um, for the, the youth youth rally, what God is doing in our youth. And um, it was said that, you know, we're looking at those kids, all those children up there worshiping and praising the Lord and, you know, trying to get their hand motions right and trying to do good for the, for the Lord. And, and they did do good for the Lord. Amen. And, and um, so if you see them, encourage them, let them know you did a great job. But um, it was said that, you know, up there, that, that there might be the next bishop. Yes. Amen. The next, the next uh, district youth director, the next yes. pastor, the next evangelist, prophet, yes. the next teachers right there. You know, and that's and that's awesome, y'all. Mm -hmm. You know, yep. I just want you to think. I just want you to let that sink in for a minute. The kids that were up there and what God is doing, and and then it's it doesn't stop just at those kids. You know, mm -hmm. we got kids too. Amen. And so I praise God for what He's doing in the in the youth. And though it may not look like it, let's not be discouraged. You know, God's word goes out, mm -hmm. and when it's when it's when it's God directs it and it's anointed, it does not go out void. Amen. So God's word is true and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And it does what he sends it to do. Amen? Mm -hmm. yeah. Amen. All right. All right. Well, let's pray then. Anyone have, any other prayer requests? I almost forgot. Prayer. prayer. So does it. So does it. Uh, I got it. Mm, no? I pray for our families, if you will. Um, pray for decisions to be made brought and directed by God. And, um, you know, even, even when we're, maybe people are not where they're supposed to be with the Lord, God still intervenes in their lives. Prayer does change things. Mm -hmm. Prayer does change things. And I've seen it so many times. So let's continue to pray. Pray for our families, our loved ones, and, and um, continue to share the gospel and the love of Jesus Christ with everyone, everywhere. Amen. Amen. Sister Beth, would you lead us in prayer this morning? Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for, for being with us every day, and thank you for being in the midst, and thank you for the worship service, and we thank you for all that happened coming into the youth and how they perform and how they're just all happy. We just pray for their souls, Lord. They're all in your hands and we just pray for them, mm. Lord. Yes, Jesus. That they will be strengthened and that they will continue to work with you and that they will continue to learn how to read your word and worship you more, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you for all the pastors, Lord, that came to the yes, tabernacle and, and their family and all of the ones, Lord Jesus. And Father, we pray for those that you have touched, that you have healed. We just pray. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. Yes, God.
with young people that are here in this church, dear Lord. Lord Jesus, there are our future leaders and we pray for them. Lift their spirit and help them follow you. Help them make the right choices for you, Lord. And thank you, Father. And we just here to worship you and here we're here to hear your word, your message. May we be shepherd, Father. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just thank you, Father, that you are the one that renews our strength. God, we came in this morning. Everybody's kind of tired. We had a, a long weekend. It was extra hot yesterday, Lord. And Father, you are the one that gives us strength, and you are the one that renews us, Lord. Father, we just thank you for that, that refreshing right now in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for your anointing. Lord, we thank you, God, that we don't take it lightly, Lord, to stand behind the sacred desk, God. Lord, that we surrender it to you, Father God. I am a vessel and a, through whom your spirit moves. And I completely submit to you, Lord, that your words flow through me. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so this morning, I want you to turn with me to the book of Exodus, chapter 15. And as you're turning there, I just want to give you a little backstory, I guess, of, of how, we, how the Lord brought us to this message. And that is that I just kept hearing him say, I kept hearing the Spirit say, Marah, Marah, bitter waters, Marah. And then I heard, I said, well, Lord, what about the bitter waters? What about? Why? And I heard him say, we need to be careful. I heard him say, don't muddy the waters. Now, to me, this sounds like a, a revival message. Like, you know, you could go into a, 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 have a whole bunch of people in there and you could preach on one little short scripture and don't muddy the waters. And before you know it, the whole altar, altar is full and people are getting delivered. Amen. Amen. And I believe that we need to begin to understand it here at, at Blue Water that God has called us and he's calling you to be that life, to be his hands and feet, to, to go and to share the gospel and not let anything muddy the waters. That we bring the living water. Jesus Christ said, I am the living water. Amen. And when he said that, on the day that he said that, the people were infuriated. They were angry. The religious people got mad. Because he was saying, I am the living water. I am the one. You guys are over here looking for all this religiosity and stuff. But I am, I am it. I am he. I am the living water. It was a little bit frustrating. And just, you know, they didn't like it. But we need to understand that when we speak the word of God, people sometimes are going to get upset. Amen? Amen. I want you to catch a few things in here. And um. We're gonna, and I have to remember to bring them out. So, Lord, help me to remember what you're showing me and what you've shown me this, thus far. I'm just gonna make myself a note up there. So, I don't, okay. So, everybody there? All right. So, we're gonna be in Exodus chapter 15, and I, I, I okay, we're gonna give you a backstory in the Bible right here. So, before we get to verse 22, where we're gonna start reading. If you start at verse 1, you see this is the song of Moses. And Moses and the children of Israel sang this song before the Lord. And they were rejoicing before the Lord about all the great and wonderful things that God had done. How he had gone before them and, and overthrown the horses and overthrown the chariots. And, and how he had healed the people by bringing them out. How he brought them out of Egypt. And how, how he had 
brought forth righteous judgment in their lives and 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 that you know all these things and then the um it goes on to say that the in the next little section in there there's in verse 18 the lord shall reign forever and ever they're they're glorifying god they're lifting up the lord and then in verse 20 the miriam begins to sing and miriam's you know she's playing the tambourine the whole time they're all rejoicing they're all praying playing and she begins to sing and she sings back to them this song and she says sing unto the lord for he has triumphed gloriously the horse and its rider has been thrown into the sea rejoicing before the lord they had a worship service mm -hmm. i just want you to Recognize right in here, there's a worship service that just happened. And so in verse 22, so Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. So then they went out into the wilderness of Shur and they went three days into the wilderness and found no water. Three days out into the wilderness and found no water. Can you imagine going out for a hike into the Bisti Badlands yesterday and be out there for three days like that with no water man i hope you i hope you packed in some good water and i hope you were you know careful with it because what's it like to be three days with no water you're almost at the end of your time amen so here they they were they, they began to complain would you complain would you look at your dad and say dad we're out of water. What are we going to do, right? You look at the leader of the pack, the one you look up to, the one with all the wisdom, and what are we going to do? So look at Moses, and they begin to complain. Wait a minute. Let me back up a little bit. So then in verse 23, now when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people complained against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? What are we going to drink, Moses? You're the director. You're the leader. You brought us this far. You've been showing us where we're supposed to go. You're the one that's supposed to hear from God for us. You're the one that we're looking to. You're the one that brought us out. You're our deliverer. I just want to remind you that God always wants us to look beyond that person to him. Amen? That even though even though our husbands, women, wives, that our husbands are the leader of the household, they still need God too, amen? And their hope and their trust and their reliance needs to be in God. But as women and as daughters and as sons, we also need to look to God, amen? We need to hear for God, from God ourselves, am I right? So, and it has always been God's purpose and God's will and why Jesus came to die on the cross so that we could each have an individual relationship with God. Amen? Amen. Yeah. I, I, man, there's a whole other message. Okay, so the water was bitter. It was not fit to drink. If they had drank it, if they had ingested large quantities of it, they would have gone insane. They would have, it, 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 was, it was tainted. It was not good. Let's keep going. Okay. What shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. And when he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. 
There he made a statute and an ordinance for them, and there he tested them, and he said, now look, there's, a, there's many times, and you, there's the, what they call foreshadowing, where you see things in the Old Testament that point to Christ, that point to what Jesus did. And when we see this tree put into this water, these bitter waters, and it made them sweet, that reminds us of the cross that Jesus gave his life on, on a tree, and how it changed everything. It changed everything. You stepped into where you were judged by your sins. You were judged by your actions. You were judged and you were not going to heaven. Amen? But, but the cross, but the tree. Amen? But for the work that Jesus did at the cross at Calvary, we were set free and our lives are now made sweet in him. Amen? That he brought us the sweet water, no more bitter water, that he is the living water. Amen? So that's not the message, but that is the message. Amen? So that we understand that, that Jesus is the one that turns everything around in our lives. When we look at what's happening here, we see that they just had a worship service. They, they were just singing and praising God, and then they went to the, the, on further into the wilderness, and they found no water. And you begin to think, Lord, <laughs> I, I was just worshiping you. I just sang you praise. And we, we get entitled. We feel like we're, we, we, we deserve something. Well, Lord, I'm ordained minister. Well, Lord, I did this for you. Lord, I put $50 on the offering plate last week. It wasn't even my tithes. I, I did this, Lord. I, I, I drove this person to the, to the store, and I bought groceries for this mom over here. And I did these things, and the Lord says that was yesterday or five minutes ago. Did you do it for me, or did you do it for, for, because you wanted something back? Amen? We don't, we don't give to get something in return. The Bible actually tells us to give expecting nothing in return, even though we know what the blessings are. We give expecting nothing. That means we have to turn that off. Lord, I'm going to put into the offering plate this morning because I know you're going to bless my kids if I put this. Nope. Nope. Lord, I'm giving because I love you. I'm given because I, it's a privilege and an honor, and I worship you with what you have already given me. When we sing praises to the Lord, we're, given, we're singing with the very breath that he puts into our lungs. Amen? When we give money or tithes or offerings back to the Lord, whether it's you know in the Old Testament, lots of times it was fruits and vegetables and meats, the things that they brought that were, were part of their tithe. Amen? So when we bring that tithe back to the Lord, we don't bring it Saying, Lord, I'm bringing my 10% because I know you're going to bless me back. Amen? Lord, I'm bringing my 10% because I want to honor you. Because I'm doing what you, you, you purposed in my heart. Because I see it in your word and I want to walk in obedience to your word. Amen? So we don't do things expecting something back. That's a world system. A couple of sisters and I have been talking over the past week or so about people coming to us as ministers and they want us to, to do a prayer for them. And they say, you know, I'll give you $50 if you'll pray. I don't know why I'm hung up on $50 today. I give you $1,500, like the kids say. I give you $1,500 if you'll pray for this thing. I need a new job. I need a new car. I, I want my kids to be saved. I want my wife to come home. I want, I want these things to happen. I'll give you, you know... I was actually, I had a man come to me and offer me my dream truck. If I had a truck, a dream truck, and I were to write down on a piece of paper what I wanted, he pulled up in front of the place where we were working or serving God, and he pulled up in there, and he said, if you'll pray for my wife and my kids to come back, I'll give you this truck. 
That's what that is. Something. Well, if that ain't something. And so I told him, I said, you know what? That's not how it works. I said, that's a nice truck. It's a real nice truck. But I would, and I'll pray for you. But there's something you got to do. You got to begin to serve the Lord. You got to stop running from God and thinking that you can, you know, go around doing whatever you want to do and then come back to God when you feel like it. And that somehow that God's just going to send you your family back because you got a man or a woman of God to pray for you. Amen. That's a different system. That's not God's way. Amen. God, the Bible actually says he blesses whom he'll bless and he'll curse whom he curses. Amen. It's up to him. But we have to walk upright before him and we have to walk in covenant with him for him to, for those promises to be yes and amen in our lives. Am I right? Amen, pastor. Woo. Yeah, that's good stuff. Sometimes you got to encourage yourself. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> encourage yourself. The Lord is good. So they were crying out to the Lord because they were thirsty, they were tired, they were hungry, and, and you know, they were wondering what, what on earth is going to happen to us now. Again, you brought us out into the desert to die again. And Moses begins to cry out to the Lord. And the Lord showed him a tree. And when he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. That there he made a statute and an ordinance for them. And there he tested them. And he said to them, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep his statutes, I will put none of these diseases on you, which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Amen. And then they came from there. So God did it. God healed the waters. God provided them clean, sweet water for them to drink. And if it's sweet water, it indicates to me that it had just the right amount of minerals in it and certain uh, trace minerals that they needed for their body. God knows everything that you have need of. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So he did that for them, and they were, they were strengthened, they were encouraged, and they went forward, and they came to Elam where there were 12 wells. Not just one. Not just one oasis. But 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees. So they camped there by the waters. They had shade. They had respite for their soul. They had water, good water, plenty of water, an abundance of water. And there they were able to come and rest and be refreshed and renewed. So the Lord, the Lord tells us that in the Bible right here in verse 26 that, that Moses said... Now, the Lord highlighted that word for me because, you know, usually you, you see the word said and you just keep reading. Right? We, we used to read Dick and Jane. Dick and Jane said, come here, spot. You know, it's just, it's just another word that's in the middle of the sentence. And you don't think too much about it. But the literal word right there that was used means that he charged them or he challenged them to keep this ordinance with God. Why were the waters bitter? If God was directing them and leading them, why were the waters bitter? Why did they just come out of a worship service and come to bitter water three days later? Why? Because there was something there that needed to be dealt with. God was letting them know, you need to renew your covenant. That was, that was nice. That was a nice song. Y'all had a good praise service. Amen. Now it's time to worship me. Yeah. Woo! Hallelujah. Yeah. There it is. 
There it is. Now it's time to worship me. You've been praising me with your lips and you've been glory, you know, saying God did all these good things. And I have told you, the Lord says, I have told you to tell your children, tell it coming in and going out. I have told you to say it sitting down at the dinner table. When you get up at breakfast time to speak of the good things of the Lord. Remember that time that God healed your dad. Remember that time that God provided for us and set us uh, free. Remember that time that God brought us out of bondage. Remember that time that, that, that they said you were going to jail for something you didn't do and God turned everything around. Remember that time they said they were going to take the kids away from you and give them back to another family, but God said not so. That, those are the things we're supposed to speak to our children, that when God intervened, amen? Yeah. If, we, if our conversation will begin to turn away from what's going on in the White House and away from what's going on in the crack house and what's what's away from the things that are going on down the street what she did and what he did and what happened over there at the gas station last night and what was in the news this morning and oh my goodness the all the debauchery and and hatred and mean things that are going on in the world what if we begin to speak of the goodness of god Amen. i think we sang that song yesterday that i will sing of the goodness of god as we will begin to not just speak of the goodness of God, because that's what they did right here, but God said there was still judgment. There's still something wrong. There's still something you haven't gotten right yet. These waters are bitter because you still have that bitterness deep down in your spirit. It needs to get out, he told them. Amen? You've been to the cross, you've been down, and you've been, you've been down to the Jordan stream, but you need to go back down again. You need to be washed again. You need to let God purify you again. Amen. And that's what he was telling them. You need to look to me. Don't look to Moses. Look to me. Let me, let me show you something else. I was wondering how this is going to tie together, even though it, you could tie it together because it's water and bitterness. But that's, thank you, Jesus. Oh, my goodness. Lord, you're so good. Second Kings. Second Kings chapter 2. Second Kings chapter two. So he wants us to understand there's something different. Amen. The people of God were walking with Moses. They were following the leader. They were going out into the wilderness and they were singing. We, you know, that God brought us out of the darkness and into his light. He took us out of Egypt and into the freedom. He brought us out. He, the, 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 the Pharaoh went into the ocean and he was swallowed up by the sea, his horses and his chariots. And oh, our God is so good. But God is saying, come down and worship me. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we get caught, so caught up in the, in the, in the hype and the, you know, and, and I'm not, we, we, we got to have discernment. Amen. We need to be able to tell the difference between somebody just going, woohoo, praise the Lord. God is good. You know, you can jump in jacks or, but, and the difference between what that looks like and what it looks like when the Holy Ghost presence is on them. Amen. There's a difference between, oh, I just praise God. He's so good. And the Holy Ghost is bringing you into a place where you can hardly speak because he's so good. Yeah. Amen. When you begin to realize, really realize what he's done for you. And he let them know, you know, you can't worship me in the beauty of my holiness with that bitterness inside of you. 
You've got to turn. You've got to let me completely heal you. When we let bitterness spring up within us, it begins to choke out the life in us. It begins to choke out the joy in us. Three days in, they lost their joy. Now, it's easy to say we're standing over here. I got a bottle of water right here. You know, we got shelter. No, no burning sun on my skin. I'm happy right now. You take me out there, put me in that black truck and drive me out to the... Onto the highway and stop traffic with no air conditioning, I'm not going to be happy. I'm going to start getting grumpy, and I'm going to have to remind myself, you better praise the Lord, girl. Good things are coming. God's, God's going to provide it. It's coming. Lord, Lord send, if you would, send a cool breeze, Father. Oh, man, he'll do it. Amen? He will do it. He is so good. But we have to stay in line with him. Second Kings chapter 2. Now, we, um, you probably know the first part of the chapter. You might even know the whole thing. But in chapter 2, Elijah, the first Elijah, the, you know, there's, there's two of them. One's named Elijah and one's named Elisha. Okay? So Elijah was the first one. And he ascended into the heavens. He went, he did, he went up into heaven and he did ascend. He was caught up in a whirlwind with the, tri, the fiery chariot, right? Amen. Okay? And Elisha was his right-hand man. Elisha was his protege. He was right there. He followed him. He was with him everywhere he went. He was with him in ministry. He saw the miracles. He was right there with him. And at the end, he said, if you were there, when uh, Elijah told him, if you're there, when I go up, because Elijah had requested it of him, he said, if you're there, when I go, then, and then you'll have a, a double portion, short version of the same anointing. It was ordained of God. Amen. Amen. Then in verse 19, I want you to come to verse 19 with me. I think it's notable, just throw it out there, that the first two miracles that Elisha did after Elijah ascended had something to do with water. Yeah. Amen. He parted the water there. He struck the water with the mantle, with Elijah's mantle, in verse um, somewhere 13, 14, 15. And he struck the water, and the water was divided, and Elisha walked over on dry land. And then in verse 19, well, I, I, let, me, let me keep going. I'm sorry. I keep jumping you around. And I really do apologize. <laughs> now, after he parted the water in verse 15, the sons of the prophets. Okay, so verse 15, the sons of the prophets who were, who were from Jericho saw him and said, the spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. Now, these sons of prophets, it means they were prophets also. They, had, they were moving in the prophetic as well. They were from the, like the, the school of the prophets. And so they had been learning from Elijah and Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. And they said, they said to him, look now, there are 50 strong men with your servants. They said, you know, we followed Elijah. Now we'll follow you. There's 50, 50 strong men here. Please let them go and search for your master. Let them go search for Elijah. Let's perchance or perhaps maybe the spirit of the Lord took him up and dropped him off on a mountain or into some valley. And Elisha said, you shall not send anyone. Why did Elisha say that? Because Elisha knew God took him up. He knew. Well, yeah, he saw him go, but he didn't know that, you know, he didn't have scientific evidence that he wasn't dropped off on a mountain. He didn't need it. 
Amen. He knew. He knew that his master, Elijah, had gone on to be with the Lord. He trusted God to do what he said he was going to do. He knew it. He had no doubt. But these men, they wanted to go check. They were nervous. They were scared. They were concerned for Elijah. So they wanted to go check it out. So in verse 17, they continued to urge Elisha until they made him feel some kind of way. And he said, that was my version. And Elisha says, send them. Just go ahead, send them. Therefore, they sent the 50 men and they searched for three days, but did not find him. Three days again. They searched for three days. Jesus was in the belly of the earth for how many days? Three days. And when they came back to him, for he had stayed in Jericho. Elisha stayed in Jericho. He didn't go with them. So they came back to him after those three days and, and they said, Oh, we can't find him. We, we looked everywhere. We can't find him. And Elisha looked at him just like Mr. Larry would. He said, didn't I tell you not to go? <laughs> Did I tell you to go over there? Now you wasted all the food and the groceries going. No. He said, Did I not say to you, do not go? But you went anyway. Now do you believe? Now, do you believe now? You know, it reminds me of of Jesus looking at at Thomas and saying, okay, well, you can see my hands. You see my feet. You can thrust your hand into my side. And now do you believe? But more blessed is it to not have seen and believed. Amen. That's That's a bonus message right there. So verse 19, here we go. Then the men of the city said unto Elisha, please notice the situation of the city is pleasant. Now, they were at Jericho. Please notice the situation of this city is pleasant. As my Lord sees, and the water, but the water is bad, and the ground is barren. Now, God had even named this place because of how beautiful it was. It had these big palm trees all around it, and it was in, in, in back in the day. God had blessed it, but because of disobedience, and not serving God and worshiping other gods, God cursed it. You have to do your research and find out if I'm telling the truth or not. So God had cursed it and up until this day. But these guys had decided to make it a new city. And this, this, this guy came in and they rebuilt the city all up around it. It was beautiful. And so the, these men of the city, and these are not prophets. These are the men of the city. Come to the prophet Elisha. Why did they come to Elisha? I have to, I have to you know, stop and think about these things and pray about these things. This, these guys had already gone through all the other systems. You know, we can't fix it. We can't fix the water. We, we've, tried, we've tried scientific means. We've tried, you know, we've asked the, 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 the hoodoos, the voodoos to come and, you know, do some hocus pocus over it. And that didn't work. But look. Elisha is here and he has the spirit of Elijah on him. And we know, we know the God of Elisha. And so we're going to go to this, this new, this Elisha and see if he might do something. Maybe God will help us. How many times in the Bible did the people do this? Sinners, pagan devil worshipers, so to speak, would come and ask the man or woman of God to do something. Because none of their other stuff worked. Kings. Amen? 
Sometimes their stuff just doesn't work because it's not legit. So they came to Elisha and they said, Please notice the situation of this city is pleasant, as my Lord sees, as you can see. But the water is bad and the ground is barren. Now here they're saying the, the water is evil. What does your Bible say? Who's got King James? Barren. The water is, right there. The water is. Verse, verse 19. Mm-hmm. Not. Not. And that, that, that word not is like, I hear a lot of people around this area like to, to use this word naughty. Especially when they're talking about children and dogs. <laughs> oh, it's just naughty, right? So, yeah. So, so that root word, the word naughty is not. The water is not. The water is no good. None. Zero. If, uh, when, when you're growing up, if you used to watch uh, uh, Beverly Hillbillies, and you'd watch Jethro Count, and he would say a zero, he would call it a... A knot, right? No, I don't know if you remember that. I don't know why it's stuck in my head. Anyway, that, that is, it's, it's, it's basically no good. It has zero goodness. It's good for nothing. Understand? So, then, so the water is like that. It's bad. It's naughty. It's evil. The, the actual translation there would be evil. I don't know if you remember the prophecy where, the, where God showed the prophet the man of God, the prophet, the, the figs. And there was a basket of good figs and a basket of evil figs. And I picture these figs with mean faces, you know. But the figs were evil. They were rotten. They were nasty. They were good for nothing. You couldn't make jam out of them. You couldn't make jelly out of them. Nothing good would come out of those figs. And so that's what he's saying here is that the water is that bad. It is evil. Nothing good comes of it. And when, when, when it is consumed, when it is taken in, it actually brings forth death. And the ground itself is barren, causing the trees to cast their fruit before their time. Causing the plants not to bring forth fruit like they should. It's causing, let's, let's see, um, it causes the, even cause the women to miscarry. And the animals, the cattle, and the sheep to miscarry before their nine months were fulfilled. So he said, bring me, Elisha said, and so he said, bring me a new bowl or a vessel and I will put some salt or put some salt in it. So I want to tell you something. This right here where he says he's going to put some salt in it, this is not a magic trick. This is not a scientific. New vessel the vessel is new. Yes, that's a good point. He said, bring me a new vessel, a good vessel, a clean vessel. And he said, I'm going to put salt in it. That salt didn't magically change it. Right? It wasn't a magic trick. It wasn't, remember when they came before Moses, came before Pharaoh, and, and Pharaoh called in his dudes, and they came in, and they did some magic tricks. Yeah, and they called upon their false gods, and so they had some smoke bombs and some glitter and stuff they made happen. You, know, you just mixed together some chemicals, and something happened. And so, so then they, they, they manifested a snake somehow with their trick, trickery. You know, like the, the magicians bring a rabbit out of the hat. That rabbit didn't just, it's a trick. It's a, a slip of the wrist, a, you know. Smoke and mirrors. And so Moses' staff, his staff was in his hand, and God turned it into a serpent that ate up their serpents. And then it came back to Moses and turned back into a staff. Did Moses do that? 
No, it was God. Did Moses fix the water in Exodus where we just read? No, it was God, right? So, so Elijah says, bring me a clean vessel. He's speaking prophetically. God is on him. The Spirit of God is upon him. And he's telling them what to do as the Spirit tells him what to do. Bring me a clean vessel and some salt. Put some salt in it. If I put salt in your water, are you going to like it? Is it going to make it taste better? <clears throat> if you drink salt water in the ocean, what's going to happen? If you drink nothing but salt water, you'll go crazy because you'll become more and more dehydrated. So they brought it to him in verse 21. Then he went out to the source of the water and he cast it in, cast in the salt there and said, Thus says the Lord. He did not say, thus says Elijah. He said, thus says the Lord. Was he speaking out of his own? Was he, was he, was he coming along, coming up in there saying, you know what? I'm going to prophesy again. Here I go. Just get ready. I'm going to prophesy a good new car for you while I'm at it. We're going to fix this water. And I'm going to prophesy a house for you. No. Y'all hear where I'm coming from, right? He, no, he, the spirit of God spoke to him and thusly he said thus says the lord with fear and trembling before god he just watched elijah get caught up into a whirlwind on a fiery chariot amen thus says the lord i have healed this water who god i have healed this water from it there shall be no more death or barrenness so the water remains healed even unto this day, according to the word that Elijah, of the, the word Elijah, which he spoke. According to the word of Elijah, which he spoke. Then he went up from there to Bethel, and he, as he was going up the road, some youths came running out from the city. And I'm, I'm just going to, you know, hear miracle, miracle, mockery. Okay, so then he went up from Bethel, and as he was going up the road, some youths came out from the city, and they mocked him, and they said to him, go up, ye bald head, go up, ye bald head, and they began to mock him. I'm just going to drop that right there, but we need to understand that here again, the judgment of God had happened, and then when that salt represents judgment, amen? Lots of times we think, no, no, we put salt on things that makes it taste better. They call it a flavor enhancer. What's your body say about all that salt? I mean, you need a little bit. You need those minerals, but you don't need a whole lot, right? Too much is bad. But when Jesus spoke, I wasn't going to talk on this, but when Jesus spoke about salt, and he said, you are the salt of the earth, and that if the salt has lost its savior, what good is it? Amen? That means if it's lost its, 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 its potency. If it's, you ever had dead salt? You ever had dead pepper? You know, it, minerals sit around too long, they begin to lose their goodness. So you put the salt on there and you taste it, it doesn't taste like salt, right? You put some pepper on there, this a chili powder really loses its, to me, it loses its flavor. Um, red pepper, you can put some red pepper on it's fresh. You break it open, you put it on there. Oh, man, it's so fresh. It tastes good. You leave the red pepper on the, on the shelf for a couple of years. You come back, it's beginning to lose its color. You taste it. It's not hot. and It doesn't taste good. It's just bleh. Bleh. 
So if the salt sits around too long, it begins to lose its, its savor. And so if we are the salt of the earth and we leave judgment out of the gospel, what good is it? Amen. We have to bring it all in into the right in the right place. That that salt represented judgment, and God saying, "Okay, okay, I see here where things that the the tides have changed, but you need to recognize, you need to understand what God is doing. That I am the God that heals thee. I am the God that brings you salvation. I am the one." The only one. I am the living water. I am the breath of life. I am your source of everything. I am God. His name is I am. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right. Turn with me. I just I was looking at my timer on my phone here. It says 52 minutes, but I forgot we sang and recorded that. So we're good, right? We're still good. We're still good. All right. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. So this water in both of these instances was made bitter. It was made in another place um, in the book of Ruth. Naomi is, is um, just you know, going to crunch it down real short here. She was upset. She was not happy. She was discontent. And she said, don't call me Naomi anymore, which meant like sweetness, like gentle and sweet. She said, call me Mora. Call me bitter. Do we want to be called Morah? No. Do we want bitter water in our lives? Morah, Morah, Morah. We don't want to be called bitter, right? That word there is bitter. We, she was, if, you know, in English, if she was just to go around, she'd say, my name's Naomi right now. And my, my name is Sweetness. But I don't want you to call me sweetness anymore. I want you to call me bitter. And so when you saw her in the marketplace, she would say, you would say, hey, bitter, bitterness, come here. <laughs> Got it? So we don't want to be like that. Amen? Bitterness will consume you. It will destroy your life. It will cause you to cast your fruit before it's time. It will cause, to cast fruit before it's time is, is to miscarry. It will, cause, it will cause many things to miscarry. It will cause your path that you're not supposed to be on, the things that you, God had intended for you, it will cause it to miscarry. Well, wait a minute, Pastor, you just said God had intended. Yes, but he gives you free will. If you choose to get off of that path, then that, it can't be. You can't bring forth good fruit out of or good water out of a, a dirty water at the same spigot, right? That's what Jesus says. You can't get clean and dirty. You can't get sweet and bitter from the same place. It's either wholly good or completely bad. It's one or the other. Amen? Amen. All right, so thank you, Jesus. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 12. Here Paul is writing to the... the Hebrews, and in verse 12, I think Sister Marjorie just read the same scripture, I believe. Somebody just read this. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down on the feeble knees and make straight the paths of your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. 
looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. What? 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 Let's read that again. Looking carefully lest any one of you fall short of the grace of God. Well, pastor, the Bible says that we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Have. That was in your past. As born-again believers, followers of Jesus Christ, washed in the blood, filled with the Holy Ghost, and do with power from on high, the witnessing power of God, we should look earnestly, work earnestly, make it our dead-level best to serve God with our whole heart. The Bible says it's the least that we can do to offer our lives a living sacrifice before God. So it's the very least we can do. We don't want to fall short of the grace of God anymore. The grace of God gives us the power to overcome, to go forward, to, to, to succeed in this life that he has given us and what he sets before us. Lest any root of bitterness, any amount of bitterness, any tiny little root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. As gardeners, when you when you go through and you you maybe especially with a garden bed, you know we um if you if you garden uh, and you use a rototiller or a till um, a plow, you one of the reasons is to break up that ground, but it's also to break up any roots and and and, and things that are in there. And then I don't know about y'all, but when we were kids, we had to get out there with rakes and we would rake out all the the roots and the pieces of weeds and try to get all the everything out of there so that it was the ground was good and clean again and ready. And then we would put in extra manure and and lime and whatever else that the soil needed to make it better and make it. Um, a good place for the new seeds to go into or the new plants. But we don't want those little pieces of roots of bitterness still in there. Amen. We don't want them to spring up because they will choke out the good stuff. So we, we, we the root of bitterness must not be there. And it says that that root of bitterness springing up, causing trouble, comma, and by this many become defiled. Oh, well, I'm not hurting anybody. Yeah, I'm bitter towards this person, but you know nobody knows about it. I'm just gonna, I just you know I just can't seem to get over what they said, what they did. It's still you know I know it's still in there, and I need to deal with it, but I just don't really know how, and and I just go on about my life, and I'm just serving Jesus, but it's still there. That bitterness is still there, and you think it's just about you. You think that person doesn't even know that you have bitterness. You think that that your family doesn't know you have bitterness. But it's there. And I'm not saying, I'm not calling anybody out. If the Holy Ghost is calling you out, then that's between you and the Holy Ghost. But this is something we need to know and we need to guard against and we need to be able to minister. This is deliverance. To be delivered from bitterness, to be delivered from these things and not allow them to come in. To understand that you are the salt of the earth. That you are meant to come and bring this word. To say these things. To be able to minister. Even as lay, you know, we say, oh, well, we're just lay members. We don't have to do all that. There are, there's going to be times when it's just you and another person and they need a word. They need to know what the Bible says. And it's important that we know what the Bible says. Amen? Amen. It's important that we learn to be led by the Spirit. All right. So he says, we don't need to let that come up. He goes on. I'll let y'all read that again later. We're going we're gonna to turn to Acts chapter 8, verse 23.
We're going to turn to Acts chapter 8. And we're going to learn a little bit more about bitterness and what it means. Why did God turn the waters and make them bitter? Why not something else? There's a big lesson to learn in this. There's a whole lot to see in this. And even the other scriptures that I'm quoting from, you can go look them up and see where Jesus spoke on these things. That we don't need to have this in us. That he is the, the, the living water and living water is pure. Living water is good. It's good for everything. Everybody there? Chapter 8. Okay, so here in chapter 8, we see in starting in verse 14 where the sorcerer uh, came to Peter and them. And he says um, they were in Jerusalem at Samaria. And they came to, he came to Peter and John. Let's just read it real quick. Now when the apostles, verse 14. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, then they sent Peter and John to them who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. So we're in verse 15. They had heard the word of God, and now they wanted to receive the Holy Ghost. Verse 16. For he, as yet he had fallen upon none of them, the Holy Ghost that is, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So here they had been saved. They had gotten baptized in water. And now they wanted to receive the Holy Ghost because they heard there was more. Then they laid hands on them and they did receive the Holy Ghost. And in verse 18, and when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands that the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money. Now how, let me just throw this out there. Now those of you that know the word of God, how did Simon know? What did he see? What did he witness to know that they had received the Holy Spirit? Holy Ghost. There must have been an initial sign and evidence. Amen. Hmm. Just going to leave that right there too. Okay, so verse 19 saying, Give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Ghost. And Peter said to him, Your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could, purchase, could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion with this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, verse 22, repent, therefore, of this your wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven in you. You need to repent and ask God. Seek God. For verse 23, for I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Then Simon answered and said, pray for me, pray the Lord for me, that none of the things which you have spoken may come upon me. So in verse 23, we see that Peter tells him that it is, he saw it in the spirit because Peter moved in the spiritual realms. Peter had been converted. He wasn't the same Peter that chopped off the ear of the centurion. Amen. He's not the same Peter that stood there and cursed at the fire and said, I don't know him. He's not the same one that rejected Jesus Christ three times on the night, on that night. Amen? Amen. He has been converted. He is new, a new creature. He has completely sold out for the gospel and, and for the cause of Christ. And he's moving in the spirit. You can tell it when the, the, God gave him that message. God filled him with the spirit. And he, thousands of people were saved. He says, I see. I see. That you are poisoned. Bitterness is like poison to your soul. 
It is poison to your spirit. We must deal with that. Amen. We must accept the righteous judgment of God. We must accept it and allow it to flow through us. We must say, Lord, here I am. Judge me. Lord, I don't want to stand before you on that last day and not have reconciled these things. I want to stand before you now. And if there's any seed of bitterness, any root of bitterness in me, if there's anything, God, anything that I need to rectify, if there's anger, hatred, lust, any of those things, anything that you are not pleased with, Lord, show it to me and I will bring it to you and I give it to you and I surrender and I will deal with that. Sometimes you have to go to people. Someone asked me this just last week. A woman of God actually asked me this just last week that they were dealing with, they realized they had taught on it just that week on bitterness. I didn't even think about that until now. That they had talked about, um, that they had talked about bitterness, I guess in a, a Bible study or something they did. And she was thinking, oh, I don't have any bitterness. I don't have any bitterness. I don't have any bitterness. And then later that day, there was a phone call and somebody said something about somebody and then something like sprung up in her. She was like, oh, that person. <laughs> and then the Holy Ghost said, oh, you said you didn't have any bitterness, eh? No bitterness, huh? And so she got before the Lord and she began to make a, and she said like, the Lord, who else? Is there, do I have bitterness for other people? And God began to show her. And so she took it all before the Lord. And then she, I said, you, you know, she was asking me about it. I said, you gotta make, you gotta get it right between you and God first. And then you go to that person. If, if the Lord makes a way and you can't get in touch with that person for whatever reason, then you wait until God opens that door for you to get to that person. Amen? But you, the, the most important part is that you get it right with God. Yeah. That person may have already gone on. That person may be in another country. Maybe their phone's dead. And you can't get to them, but you get it right with God. Yeah. Amen? And then... Going back to where we started, then you'll be able to worship like you haven't ever worshiped before. You'll be able to come into his presence like you've never come into his presence before. You'll begin to experience him more than you've ever experienced his presence before. You'll begin to walk in more power, more authority, more understanding, more knowledge, more wisdom, more grace. Well, you'll be able to see all these things begin to unfold. Your discernment becomes sharper because the more we seek him, the more we truly find him, the more we deal with these things and we get them out of us. And we say, you know, you're saved. Amen. You've given your life to Jesus, but you've got to walk this walk all the way to the end. Paul teaches it all throughout the, the New Testament, all throughout the New Testament. We see that, yes, we have to run this race with patience. We have to get to the end of it. And that means coming back to the altar sometimes. Sometimes it means realizing that, that, that we just need to ask for forgiveness. There's, been, there's, a, there's something God's doing right now, and he is calling ministers back to the altar. He's calling them into their prayer closets and saying, you need to repent. And they're doing it. They're not getting all puffed up and angry at God. They're saying, Lord, thank you. I didn't know I was going through this trial. I didn't understand why this was coming upon me. But Lord, thank you. Lord, I repent. I don't want to be like that. They're not standing on the, on the street corner saying, thank God I'm not like a woman, <laughs> like, the, like the Pharisees did. They were saying, thank you, Lord, humbling themselves before God. Yes, Amen. Amen. Praise God. 
I thank God for what He's shown us in this this little uh, this little message in this message this morning because there's so much in it, but there's it's so simple at the same time. And all we have to do is keep our eyes on Jesus, realize what He did for us at the cross. And rectify things. Don't let them. Don't let them fester. Don't let them stick around. Deal with it now. Deal with it quickly. We don't want what God has placed in you. The purpose that He has for you. The fruits that you're bringing forth. You begin. You begin to bud out and bring up some good fruit. You don't want that to be cast aside because you refuse to seek God or because you refuse to come into a place of humbleness and worship Him for the, for who He is. Holiness. We are called to holiness. Amen. It's not, it's not in our clothing. It's not in our giving. It's in our walk and our obedience to God. Amen. If God tells you how to dress, then you dress that way. If he tells you what to do, do it. Walk in obedience. Amen. Not grumbling and murmuring, complaining. Not backbiting, but lifting up the name of Jesus, encouraging your brothers and sisters in Christ, and calling that which is sin, sin. And separating yourself from those things. Amen? Sometimes it does mean separating yourself from people. No doubt. The people that were in Egypt, the children of Israel, there were people in Egypt that they left, that they loved. There were people that they worked with daily. Now you might think, well, they were under oppression. They were being treated badly. But there were people. There were relationships. Amen? And there were people they had to leave behind to go out and to freedom and to walk the wall that God had set before them. You know, some of the Egyptians went with them. Yeah. Amen. Who's going to come out of the darkness with you because you're walking in obedience. Amen. Praise God. Let's, let's close in prayer. If anybody wants prayer, needs prayer, the altar is always open. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, we come before you this morning, God, with thanksgiving and praise. God, we are truly humbled by your word this morning, God, what you are showing us, Father God. I pray, God, that it would just continue, God. The word of God is so truly alive and so, 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 so intricately sharp. Lord, that there's there are things that you can weed out and things that you can move and show us, God, and reveal to us, Lord. God, we don't want that root of bitterness, Lord. We want to walk peacefully with all men as much as possible. We want to walk with you in, in, in perfect obedience. We want to walk in your in obedience. We want to walk in your, your light, God. We want to be found in the center of your will because we love you. Because we want to be found pleasing in your sight because we want to bring glory to your name in all that we do. Lord, help us, God, to lay down bitterness, lay down anger, and pick up the cross and follow you. Lord, help us to forgive those who have done us wrong as you have forgiven us. Seventy times seven, Lord. Help us to continue to forgive, walk in forgiveness, walk in understanding, walk in wisdom and in knowledge. Holy Ghost, you give us all these things if we will just grasp it, if we will just let you lead us 
If we will just humble ourselves and hear the voice of the Lord behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it. Lord, help us to walk with Holy Ghost blinders on and just see what you want us to see and to see all of what you would have us to see. Lord, have your will and your way in all of our lives. Father God, we thank you, God, for saving our lost loved ones, Lord. We thank you, God, for sending your holy angels into their lives, Lord God, to minister. We thank you, Holy Ghost, that you, you, that you are here, that you are on this earth, and that you are dealing with people. Deal with them greatly, Lord, we pray. God, that they would turn and know that you are the Lord God Almighty, the lover of their souls, that you make all things new that you'll never leave them if they'll just turn to you. Lord, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.